Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Girl at Erinner. This week we talk to Captain Monty, Academy Coach Ben Khan, and Fred's here joining us. Hello. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Fred and Morrow. How are you guys? Good. Happy. Fantastic, mate. Woohoo! I have never been more tempted than to mute your mic this early in the show. Because I'm going to be out of control like three already. Seconds You're such an old man. Oh, I'm, I was just, I'm still elated. It should be a... Yeah. What's wrong with that? It should be a relatively happy podcast this week. Of course it is. We're relatively. Not, we're not sinking, what was it? Sinking into the hole of darkness never to see the light of something or other. What was now the chant on Sunday? We're not last anymore? Yeah. You've got the wooden spoon as well. That one came up. Well, let's hope that actually happens. I don't like calling it early, right. but anyway. Yeah, I know. Walkout song. Adele. I was going to say, why would you have to pick Adele for? Now, I did discuss with my girlfriend Jess about which song to play. Is this about the storm after the game? The apocalypse, yes. you mean? The apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have anything happen that's nice to us. It was Every time we win, an apocalypse. A, it was like the apocalypse. I yeah, so I picked the song because it's fire to the rain. So we're on fire right. and then it pissed down rain. So nice. Nice. There we go. Cerebral. I can't yes. believe I got one. It was super fun, though, watching everyone scatter like that. Sheet rain and wind and, you know, hats blowing yeah. across and umbrellas going inside out. Loved it. Yeah, we checked the bomb at halftime and there was a massive front coming through. So... We could see the lightning coming over Brisbane water, and then I think just about in stoppage time, there was just a giant gust of wind, and we thought, okay, here it comes, and then about a minute later, it just pissed down. It was cold, too. It was cold, and it was raining sideways, and it was enjoyable, because we won. Yeah, no one cared. If if we had a loss, that would not have been good. I really wanted to go on the pitch. Yeah. After that game, it ruined the post-game celebrations. It did. I wanted to be in the, you know, photo and uh, get on the pitch. And but um, fair play to the staff members who went out in the pitch and got all wet packing up. And because yeah. mm. I was hiding. Of course you were. Yeah. Well, the only place you couldn't you could avoid the sheet rain was in the men's toilets. Maybe the women's as well. But so I spent about ten minutes in there. Right. Really, Fred. Hi. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> I just. Whatever he says just goes over my head. I just tune it out. What's the question, though? Uh, this week's question is, obviously, we are the first league on the planet to to go... Yeah, you could stop the Adele. That'd be great. I just like Liam playing. Okay, anyway. Get off, lady. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, the video assistant referee was released on, on the planet uh, this weekend. Where do we sit with it? It's a virus. How, <laughs> how do we feel... It's going to move forward. How do you think it was used this weekend? Obviously, it was used once this week. Even the BBC reported that, said it's uh, the first match to use it and you know have a decision um, sort of uh, come as a result of it. Um, honestly, I don't want it. Aaron has quite strong feelings on this, so I want to wind him up and let him loose. After, well, after seeing it, um, you know, okay, there's a handball there, but... Before that, there's clearly a foul on the defender. It's just... You know, you get one call correct. Yeah, he handballed it. But what about the whole foul from the Sydney player? It's just... 
Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I'll have to make the admission that I was playing paintball at a Bucks do when the Sydney thing happened, so I didn't really take it all in. I didn't see the foul you're talking about, but I certainly got some... You, the Sydney player had two hands on the back. All right. Hmm. Yes, well... Well, this this was the issue that we were going to have the whole time when, when we spoke about it the other week. The issue in NRL is that they don't get everything right. No. And if it's not going to be perfect, then why introduce it now? Which is why I think it's a bit of a stain on the scrunch or foal to me. I'm just not into this VAR business at all. For those listeners who don't know what scrunch or fold is, it's a weekly question we ask our guest and we're going to do a podcast at the end of the season. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, my position, I think it's pretty well known what my position on VAR, video in general in any sport at any time is, we are still arguing about whether or not a decision was gotten right. We've just spent millions of dollars developing a system that doesn't actually change that. So why not? Why can't we just complain about Stephen Lucas or whatever his name is, Adam Fielding, or whoever it is that's refereeing, instead of complaining that the VAR got these things right or wrong or whatever it is they do. Video in sport is an absolute fail, in my opinion. And uh, It's not just the video. It's the fact that even in our game, the ref didn't go up to the video when, you know, there's a 50-50 decision there. The whole crowd is screaming out for handball. Every time it's replayed on the big Surely, <laughs> surely it's the indication that he should be going to the VAR. It's one of those decisions that, you know needs a review it is but but before that even before our sport even was soiled as i said before um by the video then to me it was shown to be a failure in that other game yeah and it's shown to be a failure it's for me personally it's one of the reasons that i find that game hard to be interested in like i used to be um but in our game i wish we'd never introduced it to be fair looking at the replay an angle was shown on fox in the 47th minute, thanks Paul Hart for pointing that out to me, that shows that the ball does not come in contact with Jackson's arm. Controversial, I know. Well, this, this, was a, this was another thing about it. How many angles did you see that from? Probably one or two from the two. same side? Yeah. If, the, if we don't have the technology to see it from every single angle and see it from the other grandstand, then what's the point in having it if we're not going to cover yeah, all bases? Yeah, we need schnicko as well. But I guess yeah. the point of interest is that the VAR did have an angle that well, showed... Well, no, there's only three cameras at, no. at the ground. Go back and have a look, boys. I had to be redirected to it as well. But there is an angle shown on the Fox coverage on the night that from, shows... From the eastern stand? It's from the western stand, actually. And what it shows is that the ball appears to head towards the arm, but it actually strikes the chest and then at no stage hits the arm. So enough to say that a, an obvious mistake was not made. The first two angles, one from behind the goals or seemingly behind the goals, uh, shows to me that it hits the arm. The first angle... So inconclusive. Inconclusive. The first... Well, it looked pretty conclusive when I first saw it and so did the one from the general game camera, which must be high in the western stand about halfway line. So both of those views to me showed it hits the arm. Later, there was a view which was roughly down at ground level uh, on the western side, must have been around about the 18-yard box. And from that view, when they zoomed in with that grainy little um, view, you know, that, that magnifying glass that they show sometimes on Fox, then you could see that it hit the player but never hit the arm. And, and so 
But the, the, it's my point still remains that we are still people. Not everybody saw that angle. Not everybody saw what I saw. So we're still whinging about whether the ref got it right or wrong. Who knows about the um, the issue of uh, uh, Liam Rose and whether that was a handball because not enough angles were shown to us and nobody spoke about it. And then um, another example, I guess, is that if we can't get if we're going to have video, then we have to get every single decision right. And I'm just saying, Nick Montgomery was fouled by the guy. That actually, when Nick actually got a yellow card, that was a foul on Monty, and yet it yeah, was. They a can't c- intervene on yellows. Well, I don't care what they can or can't do. If you're going to have video in the game, then you've got to have perfection. Was it that, w- that? That would be every decision being okay, reviewed. Your rebuttal. Be, Come on, I, him a I, I really like it. I think that. Oh, Fred. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> show, him, show him the door. What have you done? <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I think that it will alleviate some of those horrific decisions that have been seen especially this year at the start of the year I really think that it will remove those you know yes there will be mistakes happens all the time but I think for those do or die 91st minute you know pull down in the box I think that's where it will shine this won't be going anywhere this will be rolled out globally you know, we will see this at we will see this at the World Cup. I'm sorry, You're but making him really angry. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. You know, what I would like to see is more angles. That's now, obviously there's there's because there's what there's four cameras in the Western Stand. There's a roaming across the sideline on the bench side, and then there's two behind the goals. You know, Sounds they, about they right. can't cover. What happens to the Western side? there was a camera on the western side, we would see those angles. And that, that leads so to... So that's my problem, that there's not yeah. enough visibility. That's where I'm... So that's you. where I the conclusive side of things, yeah. you know, they can't make that decision because they can't see it, so they won't put themselves out there. I just don't think we have all bases covered yet, and it's too, it's too it's, early. It's, it's so too how many... It's so not mature enough. Can I no. ask, how many million dollars that we can't afford in our game because all of the owners of the clubs have got the arse out of their pants, how many million dollars do we want to invest in a technology that gets a couple more decisions right? Well, that we, is a we, good point. We knew before or the wrong. start of this round... Wrong, exactly. We knew before the start of this round, because Strebi Dolowski told us when he was giving us a rundown on how the thing works, that over over the matches that they had been pre-reviewing before the thing started up, there had only been three decisions three. that yeah. they were actually going to correct. Now, I don't know what three they were, but how many millions of dollars Probably do we need to put into extra against cameras us. and all of this well, other see, stuff? see, that's another thing, you know. If we look back and we had the VAR during that particular, you know, what would have that happened? What would have yeah, but that it, meant? Do you know what it comes down to? It still comes down to the ref in the centre of the field to call that up. No, they'll intervene if... Oh, well, intervene if he doesn't anything, call it, yeah. then yes, that's and the an Fox, issue. And the Fox commentators did explain that the VAR had visited them to say that they had looked at the Jackson handball and that their evidence suggested that it wasn't a handball and the referee had got it right and that's that, that conversation had taken place with Stephen Lucas. Don't even start me on Stephen Lucas. Well, that's a separate conversation. <laughs> we'll get to that. But my, my whole thing is probably we don't have all bases covered yet in regards to angles and, and also the timing of it. Will we ever, though, have no. all the bases covered? Probably not. You're never going to have it 100% perfect, and that is probably your point with spending Unless all this money Unless the like 360 cameras or something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, in regards to the timing of it, like that game on the weekend for 
both of us was huge, not in terms of up the top, but for down the bottom. And yes, there's no relegation, blah, blah, blah. But the spoon is still an important thing to not have. And for the spoon to be riding on that game and then to all of a sudden introduce it for that game, I don't know if that's a FIFA thing or an FFA thing, but that just blows my mind that they decided to do it so late in the season. If if, if they were going to do anything, they yeah, no. should have introduced a pre-season cup next season and started it well, then. Well, it's like when they release the, the new logo. Let's do it on a Tuesday night when everyone else is watching something else. Yeah, half, halfway through a fucking season. Why not do it midway ridiculous. through the off-season and build some excitement? <laughs> like, I don't get some of the shit. Yeah, but then again, the decision-making, where does some of this stuff come from? Maybe I moaned about it when I saw it in the NPL game and maybe I've already spoken about it on this podcast last week, but the last match that I saw Stephen Lucas, in fact, last weekend, was our NPL 2 game at Plume Park, which is where Stephen Lucas last reft. He had str- he struggled to keep control of that game, to be honest, and I gave him a bit of stick over the fence, because I like to do that. Um, <laughs> his, game, his game before that was the A-League game where he sent Theo off and uh, gave a penalty that uh, should have actually been a free kick to Brisbane and and a yellow card to McGowan. So, so, so we implant a ref that really doesn't know what he's doing and has shown that repeatedly, and we then put the VAR system in there that doesn't really work properly or hasn't been proven to help or not help the guy. Why don't we just leave it with um, uh, the, the referee on the field? We'll sometimes get it wrong and we'll all argue about that. And, and I guess one part that I want to say as well as that, of that is, th- to me, the fabric of our game is to go to the water cooler on a Monday and have a whinge at the The water cooler? The water cooler in the office where there's a Jets fan. I know one. He's at my workplace. We talk football. So we go there and we whinge at each other about... Working with you? Well, he he left and he he left recently. It's probably because I was there. But anyway, (laughs) 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 it was probably because of our water cooler conversations. But um, the fabric of the game is to argue about decisions. My question is simply, why do we need to transfer that into a multi-million dollar VAR process instead of letting um, the villain... um, Why don't we put the money into grassroots? Absolutely. Well, I I think I've said this before that I would rather this money be spent on developing more consistent refs and I will hack the odd decision that they get wrong because at the end of the day, it's a part of the sport and it hasn't been forever. I'd rather that money be spent there and spent on other things than on video ref. I think it just takes away from the sport that we all love. Absolutely. I'll shut up about it now. No, that's okay. Do you know, you, you, you had your piece? No, I'm, I'm done. I'm done? done. That was exciting. <laughs> you I fired him up. I, I wasn't expecting that, but no, that was good. <laughs> so I, was, I, just, I thought we were all going to be on the fence. and just. So we all want to grant FFA a shit, yeah? Yep. Well, we know that. Well, you know, in this particular occasion, this you know is what a else stupid done? way to go about it. Do you know what else is a stupid way to go about things? Tell me. Let's get a new fucking trophy. Oh, oh. I was hoping that you were going to bring that up. Fair dinkum. Midweek on Facebook. <laughs> we've already gone past the trophy was a crappy trophy and we hated it. And now we've now that we've learned, to we've embraced it, the shitness of it. Exactly, literally, because yeah. it is the dunny seat after all. Why don't we focus Speaking on expansion or reform or something useful? Lowering registration fees. Who cares about the improving trophy? referees at all levels? Improving Morrow's ability. <laughs> Less brain snaps. <laughs> Better memory. <laughs> anyway, yeah, new trophy. Let's, we, we don't need a new trophy. Let's just hypothetically say that it's going to cost us nothing and you can design it. What would you have it as? I'd have it as a, a kind of a round item that sort of looks like a donut, only with one side You're of it. You're being stupid. Yes, I what am. would you have it, Lizzie? Still as a toilet seat. 
It's so irrelevant that I can't. No. Oh, look, the traditionalist of me is, goes out and has, you know, a big gargantuan cup, you know, yep. like all the other football leagues around the world, you know, or something similar to the World Cup, you know. Well, the Bundesliga trophies around. You know, but I like the Yeah, toilet it's sort seat. of like a giant it's, pie tin, isn't it? It's mm. who we are. It's, it's, it's yeah. what everyone identifies the A-League as. This is our shit little you know, league. Let's keep it that way. This is what teams aspire to win at the <laughs> at the start of every year. You know, it's it's. I don't see I why think, we need to change. I think the FFA just want to install it on their mahogany row toilet. And well, I heard it was just one of their social media kids just trying to go for clicks. Yeah, you're sacked. Right. Yeah. Mm. We've got better things to do, surely, and better things to spend money on. Right. Sp- speaking about spending money, contracts. Good segue. Nice. I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, other teams, other clubs are signing up our players, and well, well, so is our. We think our club. We sign, think signing a few players as well. So everyone's signing some players, but this. this but the rate that we're not signing players is yeah, rather alarming. This continuing thing that 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 somehow we can't figure out the the cap and all of that stuff, and that's inhibiting the 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 process and a restraining trade or something. Then. We don't like it. It's 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 shit. No, well, we've re-signed, well, re-signed two and signed one technically. So we've since we last recorded signed Storm, Pierce signed signed Pierce, re-signed Storm, signed Pierce, and re-signed Bingers. Bingham. And we probably should just briefly at least say, like for me, yay, yay, and yay. I'm happy with the the, the three A's. Three A's. Three A's. Um, I'm happy that we've signed Stormy because I think he's a captain of the future for us, and uh, I hope not next year, but um, sometime in the future he could be a captain for us. And yeah. uh, it's it's, and I love it's him. been a tough season, and probably been a tough maybe two seasons, well for everyone, but for him in particular with his injury, and he's probably struggled at times to come back this year. But I think more so lately you've seen his confidence slowly starting to come back. And I think maybe getting the captain's armband a couple of times has probably helped that. But there is a very good footballer in there that could be at this club for a long time if he wants to be. I hope. I hope. Mm. Yeah. And Bing- if he doesn't want to be, then let's get some money out of it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Bingers, the same thing. I don't think we've signed him on a long-ish contract. Is it one year for Bingers? Yes. I think it is. Yep. And uh, so, you know, he's had a few, he has had few opportunities this year, but hopefully he'll get a few more opportunities. He offers us, offers us some versatility. We don't have um, a, a big front man uh, the in the air. And Point I, man I like that about uh, Bingers, and I think he's got a future. So He's, so he's the. He's the difference in the game plan, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. And yeah. I think I like that part to him. So I think that's a good reason to sign him. And uh, young Pierce. Um, his rapid improvement in the youth is enough for me to say let's give the kid a contract before somebody else takes him out from under us because uh, he could be a future star. He's only been playing keeper for a few years too. Yeah, and and when I first saw him in the youth, then I had sort of mixed reviews going for him. It probably showed that he only had about one season of goalkeeper training the first year he played youth for us, I think. Yeah, but I think he's rapidly improved and um, he's earned that. He's definitely, definitely, I wouldn't, he's not ready for the A-League. No. But... He has the potential to be one day with some good coaching, which he will hopefully get. Um, my my only thing is with this is that are we going to have three signed goalkeepers on professional contracts? I think it's a possibility, but one of them is probably. Uh, uh, I know th- I know one of them comes very cheap, but when we don't spend the whole cap, and I know that we've heard that we probably will next season, but when we, if we don't, and if we're only spending what we have to. Is it 
is it really worth having three keepers on professional contracts? It's, when, a, it's a good question. When you can always call upon someone from the youth or from the MPL to play up. With, well, with the rumour that Izzo's gone, mm. Ivan hasn't been re-signed. It's well, still a rumour until I hear from... Izzo, Izzo tweeted after the game on the weekend that, oh, that, that was his last home game. Oh, okay, well, yeah. See you, buddy. And thanks for a <laughs> thanks for your time. <laughs> thanks, a good, thanks, good finish as well. Great, thanks, great thanks great for a roller coaster two years. Super safe there, late. No, he spent the last say year or so not liking us behind the goal, but my god, he made up for it on the weekend. He went, oh, he he went nuts at full time. He was fired yeah, up. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I yeah. noticed he that. Was he was he was happy. So he knew he was on his way out. So yeah, that was yeah, yeah. probably. You know, I I, I don't have, come on. See I don't I don't have any I don't have any ill feelings towards Izzo. I don't think I maybe I did at one stage recently, no, but I'm sort of I'm sort of not well, it, about it. Maybe I don't know. I'm just would you, like well, would you go play at home for would, more money? Yeah, yes, oh, I would. There you go. So you know, I don't. It's it's hard to hate on him for that. When he comes back, will I give him some stick? Sure. But <laughs> I don't have any ill feelings towards but, him. But back on the three keepers thing, my theory well, on this, yeah. Luke, is that if we were going to sign a top shelf keeper, I'm talking about a Galakovic, I'm talking about somebody at that level in the game, then we can afford to have a second keeper who is of the ilk of Adam Pearce. Mm. But there are no 20-year-old goalkeepers around who are going to be able to consistently compete in the A-League. No. So, sorry, just doesn't exist. Paul, un- Paul Izzo showed it last year. As far as I'm concerned, he's the best keeper going mm. around for a 21-year-old. Mm. And uh, so if Adam Pearce can step up to the, anything like what Paul Izzo's done this year, that would be an incredible effort. So that suggests to me that if we're, not ga- we're either going to sign a top-line goalkeeper or we are keeping that third um, spot open and we're going to sign two goalkeepers as well. So, like it or hate it, um, you're right about uh, your point about the monetary part of it is a fair point. But maybe what we think we're going to do is we're going to sign. It would cost us a lot to sign a Galekovic. Maybe we're going to sign two keepers that are more um, not at that very top level, not at their very most experienced at the peak of their game. As in a Ben Kennedy. Well, we've been told. So I, I know it's a rumor. I don't know what we've been told, but just use that as an example. If we sign Ben don't Kennedy, throw that dead animal on the table, mate. You <laughs> don't need that stinking up the place. <laughs> if if we sign Ben Kennedy, you'll regret that later. <laughs> if we sign Ben Kennedy, then we need three goalkeepers. I think so. And yep. that's and and with all, we need Danny Vukovic's backup, so he can. <laughs> with all play. due respect, is it fair to say that uh, signing mm. of Kennedy, Nachevsky, and uh, Pierce looks like a combination, like I'm talking? I'd play Nachevsky. I'm saying p- that he would be our number one. In terms of the pecking order as well as the number on the back of his shirt. So you would deliberately sign Kennedy as a second? Well, I don't think he has the right to walk out of a knee injury, not no, no, no. start even then Pierce at the Jets. And then third, yeah? So Basically, saying? yeah. Or competition there, second and third. Kennedy's okay. got no right to walk from a club that uh, uh, rubbish. Can he walk? Probably not. And, and, he <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't have a right to walk out of a club that we've always thought was rubbish as the second keeper and walk into the first spot here. No, and I think it's such an important thing that we need to get right as well. But Agreed. I think this whole contract thing came to a head when Monty's mum posted <laughs> on his Instagram. Uh, so he posted uh, about the game before the derby and then she wrote on it, Big game, Nick, uh, but you showed the crowd what a leader they'll be missing next season. So proud of my boy. Great goal from my fantastic son. 
and then everybody lost their shit. Well, Collec- and, collectively. And it's and it, I don't know whose fault it is that we find that this sort of this story that that uh, the salary cap is the reason why we can't you know make signings. Well, why? look, there's a reason why I asked Sean last week. You know, do players have certain clauses in their contracts? As you can easily do that to well, incorporate the TV deal, surely. You know that I've spoken to one of the players' managers about this Who very, was it? very issue. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to reveal my sources because they'll probably never talk to me again. But <laughs> but I've spoken to a player manager who um, told me, who, who asked me when when faced with the, the question that I was asking about this very thing, why can't uh, experienced managers have included in players' contracts that in the event of a change in the salary cap uh, uh, payment or the club grant that uh, that contract would then receive a boost commensurate with the amount that is boosted in the cap or in the grant that makes sense pretty pretty simple theory and uh, I, I don't have an answer for it to be honest if, if a player manager is um, theorizing that this can occur I don't know too much about player you can contracts have anything in a contract you can yeah, there's so buyout clauses there's yeah. on sell clauses you know with yeah. the Matt Ryan on when he yeah. got sold to so as much as I, you know, I want us to be patient, then I, I just don't... It, it's hurting. There it's hurting everybody. There is certain players that you shouldn't be patient with, and Monty's one of them, especially after the weekend. When, when, you, when you see the difference between the team getting smushed by Brisbane and then when we come out against the Jets on the weekend and we do it comfortably with him in the side, it's so... We, we'll talk about it soon, but we made it look relatively easy. But... Him in that team made such a big bloody difference. Um, not re-signing him is not good. And I'm sort of thinking about the fans because <laughs> it's got it's got to hurt. It's hurting us yeah. that we don't get to say farewell if they are going. Maybe mm. they're not. Maybe they are. We we don't know. We'll, maybe they don't know. Yeah. Um, but it does hurt. Sorry. No, that's obvi- no, fine. Um, obviously, we don't know what. Paulo's plan is, but you know we need to see that the core, our spine, is still there. You know, yes, we're starting to sign some young players, which is great. We need them, but he's our pivotal guy in the middle. We, he's the guy that's been carrying everything for the last two years. It, it, he has to have a place, you know, because it's been very apparent of the mess that we get ourselves into without him there. Now, if it, even if it's only for a year, I don't care. But we can plan around that. You know, so. As much as personally I don't want it, I can accept that we might not sign Monty if we don't sign him. Totally. Oh, it, that'll hurt me a bit because I like Monty and I like what he's done for the club. I like what he can deliver to the club and I still think he's got enough for us to want to sign him. So I'll be disappointed. There's no doubt about that. But I'm torn really because I also want Paolo to have the opportunity to um, rebuild this team in the way that suits his future plans. And I, I hope there is a future here that he is planning on having with us, even though he's only got one year, I gather, at this point in time left on his contract. So so I'm torn between the fact that I, I sort of hate the So process. you're talking about... Okay, so Monty's an experienced player, yeah? You're talking about bringing someone else in that Paolo wants, that's experienced, which the team desperately needs. Yeah, okay. Are they going to bleed Marinus? Not the way Monty does. No. Not the way Monty does. Monty is the next best thing to Hutch. That's about the best way that surely it can be put, that these are people who... Well, Hutch... Hutch is the only person who can lay claim to have been around as long as some of us. 
yeah. and now yeah. that's been broken off that that relationship <laughs> we we didn't like it and uh and and monty became the next best thing so so no i don't think they are but um but not so yeah that's the competing forces i think it? if you if you go back to our championship year i think it was um fitting that it was probably hutcho's best season yeah it was um and probably close to Monty's as well. And you have those two generals in the midfield. That's how it needs to be done. And ever since Hacho has gone, Monty has carried the team through the shit. And his form has gone up and down at times. And I think I've even said it on here. But that's understandable when you look back at the last two seasons, even three seasons, and you see everything that's sort of happened where he's been pretty much left on his own in that midfield to try and handle everything. And it's too much for one man to do. And, you know, I know back in the championship year, he was he was obviously a little bit younger, but from everything that we hear, he's still one of the fittest in the squad. I think as far as fitness tests go, Adam Berry was top and Monty was next. So I think he easily has one season left in him. And it should just be a year-to-year thing now. And mm-hmm. I think if you take Monty out of that squad, you rip out the heart and soul of the team. And if... What we need to do is get another experienced midfielder in there with him and then build around that. I think that's mm-hmm. what we need to do. Okay. I'd sign him on a year contract, yeah. put some clauses in there. Like, first of all, put a clause in saying, look, if the TV deal is this much more, you get that. And then put it in extra clauses saying, look, if you play this amount of games, you get this amount of money. Mm. Just, you, you need him in the dressing room. You need to take the weight off his shoulders and have someone in there with him. Off the pitch, he can probably handle. He can handle that on his own, being in the dressing room, being the captain. But on the pitch, he can't do all the work that's been expected of him in the last two seasons. It's nuts. Like, I don't know if there's anyone important listening to this, but honestly, sign him up. Sign him up. Not do we just have to for, start a GoFundMe? Not just for my sake, for <laughs> everyone's sake, for the team's sake. Oh, it, it, from a team perspective, this it would be horrific. On the the ramifications of just from the Facebook page on what would occur, you know, it would literally implode. You even know. even you need to look at Brisbane to see what's going to happen. We him. have yeah. nothing. Yeah, we're taking the theory you know, that, that Paolo needs to be able to rebuild the joint. If the plan is that he's going to rebuild that, geez, it better be a good plan. Exactly, exactly. Now I this love is a tough ask from a <laughs> captain's perspective. Yes, I love that Rue wants to step up and stuff like that. I, I really commend that. But is he ready for that? I think Luke mentioned before that. Yeah, it, you know, not yet. Once in a while, that's fine. When Monty gets his seven yellows, eight yellows every few games. <laughs> um, all well earned, by the way. Oh, I love a good kicking. It's fine. Um, need a good kicking. But once again, like I said before, we need to have that core settled and we build around it. You know. Anyway, it's frustrating that contracts We're aren't settled. We're meant to be happy. This we, I, know. It, yeah, I know. I know, but, but it does It's it getting take to the away. pointy end, though, isn't it? Like, the weekend was so happy and then yeah. you sort of you calm down from the weekend and you go... Shit, we've got an important off-season coming mm. up, which fans, we said last off-season. But fans being frustrated mm. about not being able to farewell a few players who subsequently put cryptic posts on Facebook and so forth, like Fab's post that that kind of suggests that we'll see you later. Yeah, um, another good segue because well, he was sad. <laughs> How does that imply that he's leaving the club? Mm. He was just sad. Well, I thought he put it well. Maybe yeah. it was the rain. Yeah. It was sad. <laughs> well, the, the big rumor is is that he's gone to the Wanderers. Yep. Which is a, I, it's a weird signing for them, I think. 
I totally yeah. It, and a lot of their fans, when the rumor came out, a lot of their fans weren't overly keen on it, and I can understand that. It's well, a bit like the victory see- signing Austin. Mm. And then the rumor is he wants to go to the Jets, <laughs> which will be perfect. <laughs> that will be so good. Be Austin great. wants to go to the Jets. Yes, yeah. apparently. Is he drunk? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's always drunk. Have you seen his buddy crosses? Well, I thought Constantly he left drunk. us. Why would you want to go up there? Didn't he go to us because he needed to be at a big club to get development? Yeah. yeah. Have fun mm. developing there. Good luck. Anyway, and well, the, the, wow. the, the whole Roy thing is still up in the air too. And I think we discovered um, post watching the Brisbane game, which we probably said it last week, but McLaren and Roy both have the same agent. So I'm still banking on he'll go to Brisbane. I'm sort of hoping because I don't want him going to go into the banking and hoping. team up the road. Mm. Anyway, on to reviews. Melbourne City at home against Adelaide United, one nil to City. Cahill, Timmy's superhead. He did us a favour, you know. We shit in him every week, but <laughs> shit in him or shit on him? <laughs> on him, <Okay>. not literally. <laughs> but that we goal, needed that. Yeah, we we desperately needed that, yeah. didn't we? It was yeah. a cracking header too. Good job, oh. Timmy. It's just that's like a no look header. Peaky. Is there such a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Peak Tim Cahill. Yeah. Oh, just how do you well, even he likes do to that? Surround himself with uh, elite players. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, that that himself. ad. That ad is the worst ad. So I hate good. That ad. I seen so that good. last night. Everything has a TV in it. It's brilliant. I like to surround <laughs> myself with the elite. He could not yeah. sound more up himself if he tried. Yeah. But I look. It, I didn't see the game, but obviously I saw the highlights. You know, Tim's head. Great. Super. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, City. Again. I need a toilet on the back of my. Uh, I need a TV on the back of my toilet door. You know, you just call that company. I'm sure they could oblige. Samsung, yeah. <laughs> Samsung, if you listen to this, I need Tilly. Right, uh, Wellington <laughs> Phoenix at home against Sydney, one all. Well, the the main VAR, talking the, yeah. the VAR, the VAR, VAR, the VAR, the VAR, <laughs> the VAR that could have changed it all. From yeah. what I've heard, it says you know it worked. People are super happy. <laughs> what Sydney fans? Yeah, yeah. It'll only happen in Sydney no. and victory games. Well, yeah. uh, Krishna went down late in the game, and um, no, they blew up about it. I was like, no, nah, he, he fell over. If it was a big blue or a, a Sydney derby, it would have been VARs every ten minutes. Yeah, but this game, no, Wellington weren't going to get one. So McGlinchey getting the the, the equaliser. Did he? I, to be no, honest, you, I forgot it, that he actually played oh, for that Bucks team. Too. <laughs> okay. I've seen the highlights. Did you watch it, Luke? Well, of of course, the first VAR decision in the world goes for Sydney FC. Of course. Okay. Of course. That's that's, that's the match wrap, that's wrap up for that too one. Too scheduled. <laughs> it's it's just typical Sydney fashion. They just grind out a win, or grind, you know, grind out a result. You know. Long as boring. they grind another one out next week. Boring, boring, boring Sydney. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Wanderers at home against Victory, nil or... Boring. <laughs> well, Victory went down to um, ten, 10 men and Wanderers just couldn't do anything, could nope. they? They were they, uh, they had the man advantage for 38-odd minutes yeah. and nothing. Who got sent off and why, sorry? George, uh, second yellow by the guy that's going to the Jets next year. Georgie boy. Georgieski. I'll admit that I did actually watch the highlights and read the match report, so I knew who got sent off, but I wanted somebody to raise Georgieski, quality player that he is. (laughs) It was a... It'll be easy to hate him. It's It's always been easy. Mm. Studs over the ball, just ridiculous tackle. But yeah, Wanderers... That's not like Georgieski, is it? Proved to be shit at home again. Um, Now, this is a result... I don't think any of us expected Perth Glory 3, Brisbane 1. 
Failure to turn up. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I was watching Spurs, which were much better. I came home in time to be able to watch it. I did would never watch it. What did you watch? Did you watch? Why not? Because I'm a li- It was a masterclass. Yes, I know. I've, turned it, I've briefly turned it on, realised it was a Spurs masterclass, and quickly turned it off again. <laughs> 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 They're ahead of us on the table by a couple of positions, and that annoys me enough. I don't need to watch them play. How is it that. This, Especially this when country, they played against Bournemouth, didn't they? This continent is utterly ridiculous. No, they played against Watford. Oh, thank God, because Bournemouth this weekend. Yeah. Um, that yeah, a Premier right, League right. game kicks off before a game here. That's <laughs> just insane. It's two time zones away. You no watch good. it No. No. I was, I was trying to even uh, think what I was doing on Saturday night. I wasn't watching Xbox. football. Asleep. No. It was the it was the it was the bedtime derby or something like that. Yeah. So this where is the Coast Football Ramble where we bring you quality reviews from each match. <laughs> I watched where some was of this, this game Brisbane before I the fell week asleep? before. Where was that Brisbane side the week before? That's that's why they won't do anything in the finals. No. Because they have this tendency to be good for a week and then <coughs> from right there, mate? absolutely smush us and then the week after they play like shit. Well, it was Perth. Don't forget last year um, teams had the <laughs> kind of um, bad run in Perth. So anyway, Perth are the same. They ride the roller coaster so yeah. it just happened that they were at the top of their roller coaster when Brisbane are at the bottom of theirs. Yeah. Right, last game, Derby, 2-0 to us. Sensational. Oh, what a relief. Talking points. Fantastic. This game I watched. Nabbit kicked the corner post. <laughs> <laughs> was it Nabbit? No, it wasn't. It was, uh, who was it? It was Cowburn. Did uh, Hall get yelled at again? I didn't. Uh, it was even there. Wasn't what it? for falling over in the box? <laughs> <laughs> I would have appreciated. He went missing. That. <laughs> Hall but thinks he can play in Europe. I, I, I yeah. For maybe that is a twelfth tier Czech team. That is just a running joke. <laughs> he won't get a run with them. <laughs> Him falling over in the box and then handballing it was. One of the most hilarious things I've ever seen up that end. Only surpassed by the corner post kicking. That mm. seriously, there were some good bloopers in that match. <laughs> There's a video of bloopers online, from that, just from that one match. They yeah. were good, very All good from Newcastle. Yeah, so they were. Anyway, but we were good. I we were good it. for it. We were good for our um, points. We probably uh, didn't take all of our opportunities like we should have. Um, but the thing that I wanted to see the most was what was delivered, and that was a bit of pride in the shirt. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely there's some passion, some intensity. Yeah. That was something that's been lacking the last few few games. Ever since those three wins in a row, it hasn't been there. Mm. But on the weekend, it clearly was. And um, I don't know when this has gone in, but like Monty said before, they watched a few of the old Monty's F3 about derbies. to talk. He's about to talk? Yeah. Well, get excited. Um, the boys <laughs> watched a few of the old F3 derbies before the game on the weekend, so... Small things like that obviously help. And, you know, when we had Sean on here last week, he was reading out Monty's messages about how he j- just wanted to beat the Jets this weekend. And um, I think that probably flowed through the whole team. And we just we just went out and we just did it pretty comfortably, really, in the end. We never really looked overly troubled. Pretty fun in the Bay, too. We had under-15 academy boys come in. Um, Taught my daughter some new words, which was interesting. <laughs> Uh, I met Alex and Matthias, and he wanted to shout out to his dad, Andreas Palmqvist. I think his name is Swedish. I probably just ruined his name there, but he's an avid listener. So nice, good name. Yeah. Nice. Monty's goal, quality cracker. Love lovely. It. Even very lovely. Even the play before it, I think there was probably about six or seven touches, and the Jets didn't even get near it. No, all the way up the sideline, back around the box, straight to Monty. Bang! Bottom right hand corner, perfect yeah. goal. 
Ma- meanwhile, the Jets at the other end had installed a light post. Um, what was that kid's name? Tom. No, Sawyer. Sawyer. Just, just Tom Sawyer. Sawyer. Not, just Sawyer, not Tom. <laughs> 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 and and just uh, a Huckleberry Finn. So, so, gee, it was, hard to, it was hard to imagine what their tactic was, wasn't it? Mm. Let's bomb it up there constantly. And uh, the funny part was that most of their long bombs started happening after they took Sawyer off. Um, but they did have a lot of uh, timber up there, and, and, and that was about their only tactic. You know Mike Jones gone, you reckon? Oh, 100%. Well, he has to be. Like, we were good on the weekend. We weren't great. We just did what we had to do. But they are rubbish. We are the. It's so frustrating that we're so close with them to get the spoon because they are complete shit. Yeah, they are. And the, the only reason we're so close is because of the slightly positive start they had when players like Naboo and Hulam that were actually going okay. Kicking the ball instead and, of the corner flag. But they are just rubbish. There's just... Absolutely no cohesion between any of them, and they're just they're just it's a bunch of average park footballers that don't really have any potential. Well, my wife had an interesting thing to say about Mark Jones, which was how can the players in the dressing room actually not laugh at the guy when he speaks? And she was making this comment when she listened to him speak in a post game interview because the guy's a gibberer. He um, looks like a deflated steroid abuser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to seek one of those out to see what they look like. No, you're right. He does. It's Mark Jones. But he yeah. doesn't present well as a speaker, and so I don't know how it is that he can convince the, his players that he has authority. Um, when when you talk to well, Paolo, Paolo's got that passion about him. He's got that sort of demeanour about him. I was, I was about watching him. him during the game. He's running around yelling at people. Brilliant. Yeah. There were yeah. times on the weekend he was going nuts on the sideline, and it was so good to see. Yes, but but, it, but it's coherent nutsism. Yes. You know, it's yeah, not it's measured rubbish. It's not jibber. I read last night, uh, someone leaked some information that Newcastle players have lost total, you know, confidence in, the, in Mark. And they only trained like three hours last week. They train tw- they train twice for a total of three hours for the whole week. Mm. Doesn't surprise me. No, well, it doesn't surprise me. Either. Lots of their fans think that Mark only got the job because he's mates with Laurie, which, yeah. to be honest, wouldn't surprise me. Well, uh, it's an easy connection to make, isn't it? All due respect to Laurie, because we still love him. I do, but um, yeah. you know, yeah. Now, Mark Jones was what our academy director and maybe our coach uh, at that level a couple CCF, of years ago. If, uh, Central Coast football at one stage as well. Didn't really work out either, did it? No. So we sent him off to be an A-league coach up there. Oh, I wonder mm. how that failed. Not good. Mm. Fabio's goal. Probably Fabio's best game in a while. It was... Which is annoying. Very frustrating watching him. Well, it's the amount frust- of runs he makes it's and frustrating the watching him. he doesn't make. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Beautiful frustrating finish. watching him every week. But at the times, I think there was probably about five or six times when he got the ball just outside the... Jets box and then the counter was on, and that's those times where he is Our box sometimes. And then ran it up. Yeah, yeah. And that's those times when he is pretty frustrating when he doesn't pick that pass or he holds onto it yeah. for one second too long. But there was one stage where we had five on three. Yeah, and he ma- didn't make the pass. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, but that goal, the perfect counter attack, perfect, wasn't it? And a beautiful finish. Yeah. That and that is really tough to do. A sneaky finish, really tough to yeah. do though. And yeah, beautiful finish. Yeah. I didn't see any offsides there though. No. 
No, Fox Sports commentators did. We didn't. No, he wasn't they, off. they went back and no. said Fabio no. wasn't off, but they didn't really seem to have there a really replay is. for the whether or not Connor was off when Roy, I think it was, played the early ball, which he is wasn't off. Beautifully played. So I didn't get no. to see that one, but it didn't look offside in, in real time at the time at the field. And we don't care anyway because we still won anyway. <laughs> Spoontown. <laughs> Overall, a very good night, and then we couldn't really celebrate because of the storm. That was, was kind disappointing. Of annoying, but yeah. it was sort of... Dampened on our parade. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So funny. <laughs> it was a watershed moment, I think I said. Was it? <laughs> and that's enough of that. Uh. We're joined by Captain Nick Montgomery. How are you, Nick? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. How are you? Well, good. indeed. Now that you've taken citizenship, how should we address you? Should it be Aussie Nick? Uh, yeah, that's not bad. I'll take Aussie Nick or just Nick. Good day, Nick, whatever you want. <laughs> I tried to stop him asking the question, but <laughs> he, he insisted. We tried to get this out. Well, 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 how would you go with your best, um, g'day, mate, how you going? For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. That was pretty good. Better than Roy. Did better well, than Roy, yeah. Well, anyway, we hope you're yeah, enjoying... Right. We hope you're enjoying Vegemite on toast for re- breakfast, anyway. I've never been uh, one to eat much breakfast, and um, but, yeah, I think tried the kids on Vegemite. They didn't like it, so we don't currently have any in the, in the house. All right, we'll start with something a bit more serious. How do you assess uh, Paul O'Con's performance in his first year as an A-League coach? Yeah, I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, obviously, inheriting you know what was last year, the by far the youngest squad in the A League, and again this season it's still by far the youngest squad in the A League. So, you know, inheriting a, a team of of kids, um, you know, I think coming in from his you know his soccer roots background, it, it was you know it was a good fit in that sense, and um, I think you can see the you know the, the improvement um, in the young players, um, you know positional sense and, and, and the way that they play football um, obviously one thing you can't coach is experience and, and that, that only comes with you know with, with games under your belt and, uh, and playing regular football and so the next thing of course is that he's going to need to construct a side that we hope is going to be competitive for next season so how do you how do you think he's uh, looking towards that yeah I think you know like I say we he's had plenty of time you know to 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 assess um, you know, the squad that's got at the minute, and I think it's uh, you know it's, it's obvious that that you know we've we've got a serious lack of experience in, in key positions, and you know there's no doubt that's something that that you know he will try to address. And you know I honestly believe that you know if you know if we'd have had a few more experienced players this season in, in them areas, then you know in my mind you know, there's no doubt we'd have would have been in the top six. Um, just unfortunate, you know, the signings of. Um, you know, Jackson and Mikey haven't really worked out due to them you know, not playing much football. With um, you know, suffering quite a few injuries and and so so and that would that's you know that, that that's probably what's um, you know affected us um, you know getting in the top six. So not singling out any current players, but what positions do you think would uh, need to be strengthened? I think we've you know we've definitely lacked uh, you know, experience at centre back for you know for, for the last two seasons you know. When I came, I remember, you know, we had Patrick Swanswig and you know, left-sided centre-back, you know, uh, dominant in the air from both set pieces, for and against, and 
a good talker. Um, you know, talked to a lot of the, the young lads like Trent Sainsbury and, and people like that. Um, obviously, um, you know, I think we've definitely that's a, a number one position um, because at times this season we've you know, we've never really had a settled you know, settled uh, back line and uh, you know. Harry's a young kid, you know, Liam Hose is a young kid that's a midfielder that's gone back there. Um, you know, Posco for me is, is a great defender, but he's, you know, again, he struggled with, um, you know, with, with a few niggly injuries. Um, so I think we've been crying out for, um, you know, a good, uh, tall, experienced centre back that, that, that is a real leader from the back. And um, for me, that's definitely, you know, one of the most important positions that we've we've lacked. So we've heard uh, we've heard you tell us that you reckon you do have a couple of seasons left in you, and everything we hear is that you're still one of the fittest players at the club. So feel free to uh, talk yourself up in that regard. But um, what do you think? Do you think that your future involves staying here on the coast, or when you do decide to hang up the boots, do you think you'll go and go and look elsewhere to sort of ply your trade? Because we know that you are doing your coaching badges. Is that correct? Yeah, well, um, no, obviously at, at the minute, um, you know, uh, I'm in the same situation as a, a lot of players, and, and that's you know our contract in in two months. Um, but um, you know, like I said, to, I had a chat with the club, and we just said, look, you know, uh, in the day we can only get through to the end of the season, and then and then we'll sit down and have a discussion. And I think that's the same, like you say, for for a lot of a lot of the lads as well. And, um, with it being, you know, another tough season, um, you know, but I think the, the management has done done right by sort of saying that because it sort of give everybody a chance to to go out this season and, and prove that, you know, firstly they're good enough and secondly that they want to be, you know, they want to play for the club. Um, because I think again, you know, over the last couple of seasons we've had too many players that have uh, that have been and been in and probably not really uh, been here for the right reasons and. You know, in, in a league where you can only have 22, 23 players, uh, that's a salary cap. It, you know, it, it does make it tough. Um, but yeah, for me, look, I'm, you know, I'm 35. I'm not. Uh, I'm in a different situation to a lot of the young boys. Um, and I've got a beautiful wife and, and two uh, beautiful children. That uh, at the minute they're my priority. Yeah, so it's probably the first time. You know, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about them in terms of you know, if you know. If nothing happens at the Mariners, you know, you know, what, where do I want to go? You know, what's best for for me and the family? But to be honest, guys, like I said at the minute, I've, all I've been concentrating on is, is is playing week in, week out, and and trying to lead these young boys to you know a position, you know, which is away from the, the bottom of the table. And you know, we've left it late, and it's still not you know mathematically impossible. And we've got to go to victory on Friday. Um, but I think once the victory game's out of the way, and and you know, you know, we know the season's finished, then. It'd be a chance for me to sit back and reflect, and 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 then you know start looking at you know what I want to do and what options I've got, um, and and then we'll take it from there. So Monty, it really looked like you enjoyed the goal uh, on Sunday, um, but you were quick to deflect the attention back to the team when you were asked about it. Um, must have felt good to 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 give back. Um, how was it, and uh, will we see one uh, on Friday? Oh look, it's you know it's always a, the best feeling in the world to score a goal, and uh, that's why everybody wants to be a striker. But um, I think a lot of my um, qualities have sort of been you know, defensive midfielder and, and breaking up attacks and, and winning the ball back. And you know, as the years have gone on, 
you know, I tend to try and stay away from from that area because you know, we've got so many attacking players um, that I think you know, uh, conceding as many goals as I have the last two years. Uh, it, again, it's I've been more when I've been playing. I've been more you know resigned to the fact that I need to you know try and try and keep it together defensively, knowing that we've got you know plenty of um, talent going forward. But listen, to, to score a goal in any game is fantastic. But I think you know to score that the other night in in, in a game where you know, like there's so much riding on the game, and you know we knew that. Um, you know, if we'd have lost that game, then then that was us finishing bottom of the league for for two years running. Um, but for it to be against the Jets, our local rivals, and um, you know our last home game, and to have all the fans there, um, you know, I sort of came off after and thought, you know, all that hard work you put in over your career, and them sort of moments where you think, you know, what all that hard work and sweat and tears was worth it for for them moments, and to see the to see the smiles on the boys' faces and the fans, um, and you know, to be able to give it to the the Jets fans, um, hopefully uh, drop that wooden spoon off there next uh, next week. Would you know was was extra special. Your hatch 2.0 with that talk like that, I love it. <laughs> um, I just <laughs> no, I, have I, could, to... I could never match. Uh, I could never match Hutch in terms of his um, his banter with the Jets. He, he had it a lot longer with Coin me than, than me. <laughs> yeah, um, but we actually watched. You know, prior to the, the the game, you know, we actually watched um, a lot of the old F3 derbies and um, you know, seeing Hutch scoring them and, and the passion that you know that he had for the club. Um, I think he really did. You know, it really um, gave the boys a lift, and especially me. You know, after playing with him, and for me, he's the best captain. You know, that the club's ever had, and uh, after that success that, that I had when I first came, and I think. Over the last couple of seasons, we've had that many young lads that were just getting used to professional football that you know probably didn't understand that a derby you know means that you know everything's on the line and that passion for the fans because for them you know they were just trying to the last like I said the last two seasons just trying to get another game under the belt and cope with being a professional footballer. Um, but I think you know the other night in that game, I you know I really saw some of the young boys step out of that comfort zone and and and, and take a hold of that shirt and say, you know what, this is a derby, this is for our fans, you know, and I'm going to stand up and be a man. And I think defensively, we you know we we were fantastic. And apart from a, a couple of half chances, um, you know, for me the game could have been five six nil. You know, it really was that comfortable uh, right up until the end. I have to ask you about the goal celebration. Why did you lift your shirt up? I, do you know what? I was I was going to rip my shirt off, but then <laughs> I thought thirty minutes. I thought thirty minutes into a derby, probably not the best idea because again I'd have got a yellow card. card and, yeah. <laughs> and looking back, and looking back after the game, I, I picked up probably the, the worst yellow card of my career. Yeah, you look pretty um, shocked I'm by still that. scratching my head. I'm still scratching my head to to understand how a six foot five guy can grab my shorts, fall over. Not only get a free kick, but then for me to get a yellow card. But obviously, you know, I would have been off at that point. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have been marching off after 32 minutes. I think and he left the boys. You, you know, <laughs> he did. He found me. So again, you know what? I think sometimes people look down on you. And I was going to rip my shirt off and celebrate, but then halfway, I thought, no, that's a silly thing to do. And yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a shocking celebration. But Mate, uh, we're scratching yeah. our heads every week at these refs. Honestly, this. <laughs> oh. Try driving in the games. It's just, it just I've never probably be careful what I say, but I, I just find <laughs> it hard every week because some of the decisions and you know even the even the two handballs that we should have had. You know, surely one of surely one of them was worth uh, the the video review. You know, I watched the Sydney game the night before and yeah. I, 
straight away, you know, there's a video review, penalty, and it's like, you know, shortly there was two shouts there that I've watched them back, and for me, you know, they're both penalties, and, you know, to, to not review them and actually have a look yourself or for whoever's watching that to say that wasn't a penalty, I, I must be watching a different game. So, so we touched on it a little bit already, but um, what do you? Th- how, how do you think we strike a good balance of uh, keeping on some of the talented youth that we've got and um, getting some more experienced campaigners to join the likes of yourself and uh, the other more experienced guys? What sort of balance do you think we need there? How many how many experienced players do you think we probably need in in a starting side? Oh, listen, I've been in the A League, you know, four was it four or five years now. I think number one, you get your five foreign spots right, and they're you know experienced players that have played, you know, probably top level, um, you know, and you're getting them, you know, 28, 29, 30, like when I came. Um, for me, if you get them five spots right, then you know you only have to look at the young talent that we've got. And at the minute, we've you know we've re-signed Chen Bahad, you know, you got people like Storm Roo, you know, a fantastic player, and people forget he's come back from a horrendous injury last season, and you know, for me, he's, you know, this season he's done really well and. Um, you know, it's far, you know, out than what you know I felt it should have been coming back from such a serious injury. So, um, you know, we've got young players like that, and you know, young Adam Pierce, the keeper we've signed. You know, he's another massive talent. Um, you know, so we've we've already got them some brilliant young players signed up that I've had here. They get experience, and like I say, if you can get them five foreign spots right in terms of experience and people coming for the right reasons. Um, you know, not just for a holiday, you know, people coming to, you know, want to play in the A League, which for me, you know, the standard's getting higher every year. And I think definitely if you can get them them five spots right and, and build around that with the young players, you've got the core there of a team that should be top six. So the question that is burning everyone's uh, ears is, did your mum let the cat out of the bag? And should she be let near any social media? <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I woke, I woke up the next morning and um, I had a text of someone who snapshotted it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I literally, I, I text my mum just saying, "Mum, if you need to say, ask me anything, or just send me a private message." But bless her, she's only uh, she literally joined Instagram because I told her to about two months ago. Um, but she's always telling me to send pictures. Um, so I said, "Look, get one of your friends to put you on Instagram, and you know, it'd be a good way to to follow anything that I put on." Not that I'm, you know, post too much. Um, and yeah, she she sort of joined, and um, you know, I, listen, it's my mum. She's you know, I've only had a few conversations with her, and at the minute, you know, I've told her I'm not sure what's happening next season, um, you know, which is the truth. But um, you know, again, you always trust your mum to uh, cause a bit of uh, a bit of trouble. But yeah, listen, it's just harmless, and I've spoken to her since, and just said, look, you know, you'll be the first to to know what's going on when when I find out. <laughs> I reckon she's great but so far. Remember that anything you put on social media is public knowledge. <laughs> No, she's great so far, let her know. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, do you hear what our chant is for you? Yeah, I hear it, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> um, obviously. <laughs> no, I always hear it yeah, every time I'm near the goal or behind the goal. And obviously after the game, um, well, it's always nice to, to get a to get a chant. And uh, like you say, as, as a player, you and the fans appreciate and you get a chant. It always, uh, you know, it's, always, it's always a nice thing to do. And thank you for joining us this week. Um, appreciate it. Um, best of luck for this weekend against the Victory. Thanks, guys. A pleasure as always. And, yeah, hopefully we can go to Victory on Friday night and put in a similar performance and, and end the season on a high. Yep. Thanks for your efforts this year, Monty. It's been great. And uh, hopefully we get one more uh, three points before the end of the season. That's thanks, it, guys. Captain. Keep the faith. And-
Take care. Thanks, Thanks. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Love you. Cheers, guys. Take Bye. care. Uh, we're joined by Academy coach Ben Khan. How are you, Ben? Uh, good, thank you. Very good. That's good. Um, we've completed the first six rounds uh, since we last spoke. Can you give us a rundown of the season so far? Uh, yeah, we um, uh, we started off obviously against Marconi and, and uh, Blacktown Spartans, two two of the better teams in the league, and and we we were unbelievable in both of them. Uh, only a few. Uh, naive errors and lapses in concentration probably cost us, but was you know I was really genuinely pleased with the level of performance collectively and individually. Um, so, you know we then had a disappointing game against Brumbies. Uh, we beat Tigers three nil, which was excellent. Uh, lost last week to St George narrowly, and, uh, and 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 got the win away at Mounties this week. So it's been a bit up and down, um, but look. Uh, the boys have consistently played very well. Uh, it's always tough playing an under-20s team in a, in a senior competition and hopefully we've turned a bit of a corner now in terms of the maturity and game management we need to get some results. Um, so we've had two two away wins um, and not many games mm-hmm. at home at this stage. Um, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what are the highlights uh, so far of the season and what are you sort of most impressed with um, with the boys, with what you're trying to implement? Well, uh, look, um, ironically, our two probably most aesthetically pleasing performances were against Marconi and Blacktown early on, uh, where we, we really, I would imagine that, you know, Paolo would have been very happy with them and, and they probably, uh, you know, defined defined everything he would want in the performance other than the three points. Um but you know, since then we've we've had to we've had to adapt a little bit to the league and become a little bit more physical and resilient, and at times become a bit more direct, given that that's the nature of the type of opponent we play. Uh, but look, this this Mounties game was probably the highlight because we were you know we were trailing at half time. It was a typical story of our season. We you know we were playing, we, we were by far the better team. We created the more chances, but we conceded a sloppy set piece. Uh, and then um, in the second half, you know, in, in, in real heat against a, a decent side, a good coach, we, um, uh, we came back and, and really just blew them away in the second half. And in the end, we probably could have scored three or four more on top of on top of the two we got. Ben, um, we've seen a few of the boys get called up, like Whitey, Wales mm-hmm. and, and Adam Pearce, into the first squad. Mm-hmm. How does that mm-hmm. impact your preparation and... Is there much of a disruption to your planning? To yeah, look, look, good question. Good question. I mean, it, it, it is. It's uh, it's always a disruption, um, but that it's it's a positive disruption. You know, I said I said to someone the other day, I'd rather that there were eleven of the youth team players on the fringe of the first team, uh, and and our planning and, and preparation was disrupted. If you know, ultimately, uh, the youth team is is here to get. You know, get players into the first team and develop, you know, develop the next uh, next lot of players uh, coming through. So, uh, I'll I'll never ever complain about uh, boys in with the first team, even if it comes at, at the cost of, um, you know, our preparation for the weekend. 
So, uh, uh, without heeping too much pressure on uh, uh, some of the young guys, uh, who have, I imagine you've probably uh, had a, a bit of an interest in the 20s, 18s, the younger uh, boys that are on their way through. Um, you, have, have you got any sort of tips on who might be looking good to either get a run in first grade if we have the need for it or uh, into the future? Oh, look, our, our 18s and 20s have been very strong. Um, our, our 18s is a has a really good group, and there's quite a bit of fluctuation between players from the three the three teams: 18s, 20s, and the youth team. Um, look, in terms of picking individual names out, it's probably probably not fair on the boys in the 20s and 18s to do that. You know, they you know they they all develop at different rates. I mean, so so far in the first six games, you know, uh, I'll, I'll keep it objective. We we measure we measure performance. In, in, a, in a number of different ways and all of our documentation at the moment has a player called Josh Nisbet uh, who's in our 18s he played 20s on the weekend as our highest performer in, in the first six rounds so Joshua Nisbet's there but you know there are there are there are a handful of others that we've got really high hopes for it's quite an exciting three groups to be honest well that's good news and just, just carrying on from Fred's question um, about disruption uh, to your team when some of the boys are away how, how has that been for the likes of Whitey and uh, Walesy and Piercy um, how have those boys felt about Whitey for instance and uh, uh, yeah. did he miss the game yesterday uh, Sunday or yeah yeah well look look generally um, generally if those players aren't in contention for selection for the first team on the weekend we'll get them for our last session leading into a game um, which has been the case with Adam Pearce all season uh, so far and the case for Lockie Wales and Steve White on and off obviously Whitey's been on the bench for the for the first team the last two games so he's not been with us and, um, we, and we know he went up to Brisbane and uh, sat on the bench up there yeah. so, so he was away for the whole time yeah. missed the game and so forth yeah he was away and yeah, he was away, and and this weekend, Lockie Well was the seventeenth man, uh, so was involved obviously in the warm up pre jet, so so was unavailable for us. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned before um, playing a physical game. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people probably don't know that the um, the A League clubs when they play in the MPL have have the age limit. Do you feel yeah. like this is hindering you at all? Um. Oh look, it's certainly. Oh, look, it's a good discussion. It's a discussion that I have with a lot of people regularly. I, I, you know, it's probably not the ideal environment for aspiring A-League players to develop because it's quite, you know, it's a very different game they come up against. But obviously, logistically and economically, it's very difficult to get a nationwide youth competition, bestly the best. So it is, it is the best that's available to us at the moment. Um, does it hinder us? I think that it gives boys a good rounded education and helps them develop in, in, in other ways. Uh, but we probably do have to detract slightly um, away from the preferred playing style uh, it, you know, in the pursuit of results in certain scenarios, yes. On top of that, do you feel like an older head, say, in, in the core, like at, say, one of your centre-backs would help you know, the young guys around him? Absolutely, absolutely. It's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not only the physicality of the league that um, the young boys sometimes struggle with. It's also um, it's that experience, it's that communication, it's the ability to manage opponents, manage the referee, slow the game down, understand when we're under pressure and we need to 
you know, we need to be a bit more direct. It's, that, it's those type of decision makers on the pitch that would make a big difference. And I, and I know that, you know, for example, if we look at Wanderers, uh, you know, I got asked today, well, how come Wanderers are doing better than us then? Well, you know, they, they have, I think they have six contracted A-League boys playing mm-hmm. most weeks in the NPL that have all, all had significant A-League experience, whether that be in the training pre-season or A-League season environment. Uh, that you know that they're they're more experienced players that uh, come down to this level and uh, have a bit more know-how. Uh, whereas ours, you know, we we don't have the contracted boys playing for us. We're, we're you know pretty much purely an academy team, um, and and none of them have got experience of senior football other than what they've had with us. So yeah, yeah look, it's yeah, look we we'd be crying out. You know, say we could have three three over 23 players or something along those lines, it would be a massive difference. But I suppose we have had um, some of the boys, uh, therefore, get the opportunity to step up to the plate and uh, to try and do the best they can to be those experienced men, um, the likes of uh, Papa and uh, Whitey, of course, um, the the leadership of the team, if you like. And I think just what I saw last week against St George, that those uh, Papa sort of stepping up to the plate on that. Yeah, look... Look, Steve White's the, the captain, um, and he look, he's he's a he's a really really good leader and a great example for the for the other players. And he's you know he's sort of leading leading the way in terms of his pursuit of A League football. And he's yeah, I know he's a very big influence on the group. But uh, and Reese Pappas is also you know full time with the with the A League team. So. But, you know, they do having them there makes a big difference. But those guys have not played huge amounts of senior football, and they're still young players, and they're still learning themselves. So it's, it's a sometimes it's an unrealistic realistic expectation to put on them to be able to um, concentrate on their own game as well as managing referees and opponents and and all the other factors that we spoke about. So the the way that the weird draw works out for whatever reason uh we've only played two of our six games at home and we're away again this weekend um are you confident yeah, that yeah. the run of the home matches during the season will sort of help us climb up the ladder a little bit <laughs> i hope so but if we go off last year we can't bloody buy a win at plume park <laughs> <laughs> uh, it should it should work out that way but no look look plume, plume is brilliant um i i don't i don't think at this level uh, I, I don't pay too much attention to home and away. I think the the home and away advantage comes in when you've got crowds behind you and, and or against you and when you're away and those types of things. I think for us, obviously, there's a bit more travel involved, but it's only you know, it's only an extra hour down the freeway for most away games. So I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Um, I think we just keep working on on you know trying, trying to win games and trying to develop footballers. And. Um... We take on the MacArthur Rams, uh, who are 13th this weekend. Um, uh-huh. How's the prep going? Uh-huh. And just on a side question, with the discussion with Whitey and PC and all those players, how uh-huh. much time do you get notice-wise that they'll be going, they'll be used in the first squad and vice versa? Do you get a week? Do you get a couple uh-huh. of days? Do you have a, an hour? Uh, it varies. Um, for example, this week, they will travel to Melbourne Thursday. Uh, therefore, you know we'll definitely know by post Thursday morning's first team session because uh, we'll know whether they travel or not. 
but on but on some weeks it can be earlier, you know, depending on player availability. Paolo can have a plan, um, you know, pretty early in the week and give us a good heads up. Uh, or there can be three or four that are, you know, teetering on the edge of injuries and not quite sure, and then we're we're in limbo. But that, that's, you know, I've got no dramas with that. That's that's football. That's squad selection. Uh, in terms of MacArthur Rams and our preparation for this week, preparation's going well. We had a good session today. Everyone's recovered really well from the weekend. Uh, spirits are high. Uh, if, uh, you can't really ask for more in terms of you know how we can prepare going into this game. They they got their first win on the weekend, yeah, which is which is um, pain in the ass. They get it the week before they play us, but we 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 we, we, we beat it. We beat them twice last year and. Uh, I know that you know. I know that the boys are confident at the moment. I don't see any reason why we can't go down there and win again. Oh, well, thank you for joining us this week, Ben. No, no dramas. Thanks very much. Anytime. Best of luck. Thanks, Benny. Good luck to the thank boys. You. See you, mate. Cheers, guys. Take care. Love thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Preview time. First game, um, it's us. We're away at Melbourne Victory, 7.50 on Friday night. Mm. I'm tipping us. Us for sure. Oh, that's because we have to tip ourselves. Well done. Victory got nothing to play for. Well, there's that. Victory, the last few rounds have been awful. So They've been bang average. If we play like we did on Sunday, we're in for a draw, for sure. Mm. Well, I'm driving down for some stupid reason. Um, so it should be interesting. Uh, hopefully, there should be a few of us there, so it should be pretty fun. But um, we're still not out of the woods yet in regards what to... What are you hitting up? Uh, Younger Jackson? Yeah, probably Younger Jackson. So if you're listening yeah. and you're going down there, go to the Younger Jackson. Friday Arvo sometime. Um, we're still not out of the woods yet in regards to the spoon, so that's what makes me nervous uh, about this game. So we still, we still need to do a job to some degree to... Um, Make sure that we don't get the spoon because I don't trust Sydney. Got to keep our goal difference from being a problem if either of the teams uh, below us currently mm. get a get a point. We want to be ahead of them in the goal difference stake. So we a draw would be nice here, at least. It'd be interesting yeah. to see now that Izzo has sort of made public his departure, whether he starts or whether Ivan starts. Because um, I thought it was weird he started last week, unless there was something wrong with Ivan. Something was going on, wasn't it? Because we ha- something was odd. Yeah, o- Ivan actually warmed up, but we had Adam Pearce rush out there to warm up, didn't we? And he rushed yeah. back from academy, exactly, which was at one thirty in Sydney. Yeah, so, so it was a bit strange. But so I'm not sure what will happen there. But um, you know, having Monty and that this weekend, which obviously on the weekend proved how important he is, it's going to be huge again against Victory's very strong midfield, um, which I'm. Hopefully, they rest some players in the readiness readiness for finals, which I think Musket and Arnie maybe differ. I think Musket will probably be willing to rest some players for the finals. So is that two weeks rest? Uh, one. Yeah, one. Yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Arnie, I think, is still going for the record points hall, so I don't think he's going to rest any players. Yes, and that's Arnie, isn't it? That's the way he does business. Yeah. He won't be resting players. Or himself. So you mentioned goal difference. We're on negative 20. Uh, Jets are on negative 23 and Adelaide negative 21. Um, so we need to stay ahead by yeah. getting at least a draw on the off chance that either of those win. Because aside from the spoon No, thing, if they win, they're in front of us, mate. 
They're only a point beyond. Uh, sorry, if either of them get a draw. Yeah. Because we're only a point behind, ahead of them, aren't we? Yes. So if either of them get a point, we want to make sure our goal difference is not below theirs. So that's what, three for the Jets and uh, one for uh, Adelaide. Because aside from the spoon, we want to be eighth. We don't want to be ninth. Mm. I picked us for sixth or seventh, I think. So we at least want to get eighth. Otherwise, I'll look even more shit than I already look. I hate to break it to you, but I don't think Victory are going to finish behind us. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gee, I'm shocked that that's come along. Uh, <laughs> even someone. if they rest. <laughs> <laughs> someone was going to bring it back up. Well, they do they have, they've got double the points. Maybe if they let off enough flares, the FFA can deduct <laughs> three points for each one. Well, it's weird because we have more active support than what they do at the moment, <laughs> which is rare for us. But mm. um, Oh, how shit with the Jets? Fans, I don't even know the NCL, well, sector squadron. They're, they're so fractured on the field and off the field, and you know you can give Yellow Army. Crap. We're sh- we know, we're, sh- we're shit. We know we are crap for whatever you want, but the reality is, through all the shit, there's still that core group that's there. Whereas the squadron's dead. NCL is, you know, the sort of their own sort of thing, and they, then they've got their normal fan base that obviously don't get involved with them because they weren't getting in. They weren't really getting involved in anything that they were trying on the weekend. So they're a shambles at the moment. They the seem Jets. to be vocal from the train station to the stadium, but then once they yeah. walked in, they shut that was up. It. To be yeah. fair to... I don't like being fair to Jets fans, but just for I once... Don't. I'm going to, just momentarily, because... Jet, turn yes, out yourself. They're, they're active... Turn me off. Their active fans were shit, but... Um, they overall the attendance and maybe I'm not being so fair to Jets fans as I am to the arrangement of the reciprocal tickets because there are a lot of Jets fans who turned up to the game. They spread themselves all over the stadium, which um, just added to their pain. That's I disgusting. think. Disgusting. Yeah, there was some. I oh, know it was like a sort of a, it was a virus, behind us on yeah. in Bay Seventeen. It was gross. Yeah, there was some hanging their heads. Come to get in, some atmosphere, mate. Up in the platinum section as well, and they were complaining and stuff. Did they smell funny or? Yeah. No, it was disgusting. <laughs> and we, we but, the, but a lot of them turned up, and so fair, I'd be interested to know how many. It's a pity we don't know how yeah. many. Well, actually. we will know. Yeah, we should we make a point out. to find out. Um, we also helped the Jets break a record on the weekend as well. Uh, they've now conceded the most goals without scoring one. Is it 19? 19? So I think it's 17. 17 so okay. have, they, have they beaten the so record held by Auckland? Uh, New Zealand Knights. Oh, New Zealand Knights, yeah. sorry, yes. In 05, 06, I think it was. They've beaten it or they've equaled it? Beaten it by one. So we equaled it when we were 1-0 up. Okay. And then we beat it, as far as I know. Good. So they'll uh, make a, a nice new record when they don't keep a clean sh- sheet next week and they get beat 5-0. I hope my dodgy fact-checking is correct. I love that so much. That would be good. That would yeah, be moving fantastic. on to this game, well, here we go. Sydney sorry. at home against Jets, yeah. So we're tipping 5-0 to Sydney, eh? Uh, yeah, why not? Sydney are, g- Sydney are going to be a bit fired up because they were average last week. And uh, I'm hoping that they can actually put some through the Jets because uh, I tell you what, we should have put five through them. Yeah, we should have. And they were, yeah. they were average and only got something out of it because of the VAR, really. Yeah, I think that's right. So I think someone should have got a red. Yeah. That was a disgusting tackle, what he did. Yeah, that's fair. Who was okay. that? Matt Simon. Oh. Yeah. He that. came in, he deliberately like stamped on the inside thigh and then kicked someone in the head as Are he was sure? going down. Yeah. Are you sure, Matt Simon? Matt Simon, are we talking about the same Matt Simon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked. Mm, so am I. Yeah, go back and watch it. Because mm. he's, he's he's the sort of player, he's really a clean skin. Like it was after Wilson scored. <laughs> Daniel Georgievsky is the same. He so came in, he planted his foot on the inside of someone's thigh, and then as he was going down in that same tackle, he sticks his head, he sticks his um, foot out. 
to mm. kick him in the head. He's one of us, but he's a grub. Yep. Similar to Sandalab and a couple of others. Yeah, I think, well, this, this game, it could seriously get violent because if the Jets play like they did last week against us and we were okay against Sydney, who are going for the record points, Arnie will be pushing them right till the 90th minute. They could absolutely smash the Jets easily. Yes. Oh, Please. no, there's there's no way that Sydney are not going to get that record. Yep. They want that record so bad. Yep. You know, they couldn't go the whole season without, a, you know, a loss. Well, they lost the Wanderers. Yeah, so, so they want to make the sure that they get that points record mm-hmm. to make sure that it's okay. Plus, they get the Premier's plate delivered to them. Not that that means anything, but... It'll be a big day. You know, they'll want to polish it off. Of course they will. You kind of feel sad for Newcastle because you know that it's impending doom. The door's over there, Brett. Brett, get out. Brett. Get out. Seriously, you feel sad for Newcastle. I feel sad for them. I feel sad for a couple of their fans because I know them, but the rest of them... You just called him Brett. There's no sad. Brett, actually, is what I call him. Brett. I've heard that one too. I've heard that one. What do you call him Brett for? Because I was thinking about slicing (laughs) him up after that call. Shut up. Shut up. Fair dinkum. Hey, come on. Oh, sad. Shit, there sad. you go. Sad for Newcastle. What? Anyway, uh, <laughs> next game is it uh, Adelaide at home against Wanderers. Come on, Wanderers. Don't yeah. all jump in. No, the Wanderers oh, no, will, that's will get this done. Yeah. We need the, the Wanderers to do us a favour. Well, we know Wanderers are playing ACL at home tonight, So, mm. uh, but we know Adelaide are playing ACL away. Where's Jeju? Uh, is that China or Korea? Far away. But it's far. Let yep. us look. And it's away. And uh, it's so far away. <laughs> <laughs> both uh, together, far it's, away. It's <laughs> Korea. So hopefully, thank you. So hopefully, uh, Adelaide come home tight because we, yeah, we want to be eighth. Yep. I yeah. And I, I think we've earned that. So come on, eighth. Yep. Adelaide playing away ACL. It's gonna. They'll hopefully they'll probably put all their energy into the ACL and not care about the weekend. So the top six is you know locked in now. Um, you know, Wanderers have only. Won eight games out of twenty six, and it's it embarrassing. Just, uh, you know what? I want Perth to lose this weekend because that way they'll have won nine, drawn nine, and lost nine. And I'd like that. And they'll be in the finals. Yep. That's what's wrong with our final system, right there. Rewarding mediocrity. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, much like this podcast. <laughs> right, so who, who are we tipping? Is this a reward for me? <laughs> what reward are we getting? <laughs> Let me in on that secret. Who are we tipping? Wanderers. Wanderers? Wanderers. Wanderers. Oh, I'm going to go with that then. Um, Brisbane at home against Wellington. You reckon Brisbane can switch it back on? Yeah, it's the other yeah. side of the roller coaster for sure. Yep. On, off, yep. on, off. That's how Brisbane War has worked ever since Ange left, really. So they'll come back. Easy. Brisbane. McLaren but to be on fire again. How yeah. hasn't he got a soccerer's call up? I do not know. Potentially his last game for Brisbane, too. Uh, well, no. Cause last no. home game, finals. maybe? Or they got a home final? What, are they well, third? They're fourth at the moment. But they so could. No, they oh. can't. Yes. No. No home games. What? I was just trying to make up a way for them to get another home game, but it <laughs> won't happen. Just trying it out. One of his last. Takes things a while to run through my cogs. Yes. Right. Perth at home against Melbourne City. City, 2 0. City, 2 0. And a score. Jeez. Yeah. Timmy with a header. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I, to draw on this. As I mentioned before, I just want I want City to win this one, so I'm going to tip that. Did I tip Brisbane? 
in the last one? Yes. <coughs> I think we all did. A draw. And okay. Bruno will jag yes. another penalty. And mm. miss it. And Castro will <laughs> fall over. 100%. They'll all fall over. Oh, Bruno and Castro in the same, on the same field. Diving competition. It'll be a divathon. We need Bissart out there as well. Good times. Uh, Perth. I'm going to go Perth. Why? <laughs> um, <laughs> because, <laughs> um, because they have a tendency to turn it on for a few weeks at a time. And then... Um, well, actually, well, Keo did mention today that... Um, Melbourne City's defence are pathetic and they did smash And they earlier. are pathetic. And when you got yeah, Diego Castro in your team against that Melbourne City defence, hello Perth. There's been a bit of bogey about um, Perth for City, hasn't there? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to switch to Perth and fuck it. I'm going with the draw because <laughs> Perth have something to play for. City, they're just shitty. So you... Okay, when it comes down to tips, you haven't done the tips, have you, this week? No, thanks for reminding me. you got me. one job. I know. I know. I didn't do anything. I had no well, sc- no questions. scrolls, no preparation. Didn't watch the game or some of the games. Um, what else didn't I do? We did what, questions. Why didn't you do it online? What it's on? 2017. What? <laughs> the <Scrolls>. tips. Tips. <laughs> yeah, I possibly could have done that, but I it was a late starter for the tips. But um, yeah, didn't didn't really do that, did I? I'll do it next year. <laughs> Thank I'll you. organise it. Thanks, Fred. All right. Someone Done. that isn't on the podcast oh, doing we things. We need oh, to move on, away from a piece of paper and a pen. Shitty as people might think they are, who wrote the questions for the interviews? I, t- I just said before you wrote the questions. Okay, just putting it out there. Who you did, you edited them to make yes, them you guys proper. did make, se- make them into sensible questions instead of that gibber that I was originally espousing. All right, you done? You happy? Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Josh. Thanks is, for coming, Fred. I hope You're Josh welcome. is still alive. Last we saw, he's in Paris. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm sorry this episode has been quite torturous. Um, we're back it was next fantastic. week. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Thank you to Sidelines. Um, we're going to have our final episode there, I think. Um, so you can come along for that, I guess, and stuff your faces with some delicious food. It's a few weeks away, yeah. Though. Yeah, it's a while away. See how we go. All right, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Oh, Venger Out ba- Banners. What are your thoughts on them? Hilarious. A what? Awesome. Oh, Venger Out Banners. Yeah. I don't think... There was one at WrestleMania. Was <laughs> there? <laughs> <laughs> I saw like, a few at the Rugby League. There was one at, what, two A-League games this week? Yeah. yeah. There was one at ours, one at ours I didn't got see on it, Fox. It got on Fox perfectly, right in the middle. Right in the background of Nigel Bugard on the screen. <laughs> Perfect. When's Josh back? We should get one and put it on the veranda just here. We'll take photos of it in the car park. Oh. Josh would love that. Time for stupid things on Facebook. I've missed you so much. No, you haven't. 
Right, so we've picked stuff from um, Newcastle page. Moral, would you like to start? Good, sir. I'm going to start. Here's one from Michael Gibbons. Laurie McKenna. I've had a Newcastle Jets season ticket since before the A-League started. That run is about to end, I feel. Hashtag disappointed. Followed up by fans should be compensated for this season. Half price renewal of membership should be the bare minimum. (laughs) (laughs) Quarter price. Matthew Hutchinson. Agent Laurie McKinnon. Time to piss off back down south and take your mate Mark Jones with you. <laughs> I, no. love, I love the spelling of Laurie. <laughs> Lowry. <laughs> oh. Now we've got one from Stephen. Chits are shits four years in a row hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> No punctuation. <laughs> and they're spelt R. Literally, it's an R. <laughs> what are Eddie Hunt is? <laughs> I miss where, him. Where did he go? Driving, driving people around, learning. I don't know. Facebook's a sadder place without him. <laughs> now we have one from Lucas Smith. Bunch of imbeciles playing. Just die. All of the useless players. Waste of space on earth. Don't even bother to attack when losing 2-0. Just happy to let CCM time wasting. Imbeciles. Just have to make people angry. (laughs) (laughs) He must be from Mayfield. Here's one from old mate Michael Gibbons again. This time on Facebook. Chats will be linked to everyone for months until a week out from round one when we will re sign Kantarovsky and Hool. Who will be in Europe though? Oh, On holidays. <laughs> in the Romanian amateurs. As a tourist. Up next is Eddie Cashin. Let me guess. Next season is a rebuilding season for the 10th year in a row. Time to. <laughs> Fuck off, Mark Jones. <laughs> Talk about turning the penthouse into the basement. <laughs> now we've got one from Largs Boys with Zeds. What do you get your favourite Chinese billionaire that seemingly has everything? The world's most expensive wooden spoon. Congratulations, <laughs> Mr. Lee. Enjoy. <laughs> Now one from Philip. Someone. Let's see. <laughs> Laurie McKenna, get on your hand and knees. Do your jaw exercises. Dot, 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 dot. And bring back Scott Miller. <laughs> That's Laurie McKenna to you, sir. That's the last thing I want to see Laurie doing. <laughs> Now, here's one from William. 17 goals to one in five matches. 
so glade we have a coach <laughs> that is supposed to be a defensive coach. <laughs> I'm so glad to read that. I was glad to read <laughs> Chris Sparks, Duncan shouldn't be in goals, should be abracadabra. <laughs> I think that'll do. I think it's enough. I just want to say, I found a Facebook page called Newcastle Jets Radicals Here to Do What's Right for Nova Castrians. That's it, that's almost as good as action for Mariners fans or whatever yeah. that page was called. As bad as we can be, we always know that they'll be worse. And I can rest easy at night knowing that. And they do it in their public pages as well. I yeah. know, that's the scary part. At least ours is behind closed doors. Yeah. Well, three spoons. Spoontown. Let's hope they get that. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye. Love you. See ya.